Welcome back, Conroe, to another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and of course we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hello, hello. No, no. One hello. No, sorry. One hello. I only get one. The double hello is for the guest. Ah, I see. It's like you're using the nice hand towels. <laughs> Well, that's unfortunate because I live here. <laughs> They're not for you, Nico. They're for the guests. It's like one of those terrible, terrible house rules. Um, yeah, so this is Nerd Talk Sports, where we talk sports at least 10 minutes on a Thursday. Uh, sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's less. <laughs> Occasionally we've hit the 11-minute mark, but we've been exhausted when we do that. Um, we're going to start with the NFL this week. There's a lot going on. Um pretty decent slate of games but of course we got to get to the good stuff first um antonio brown for those who haven't been following um which is odd if you're not a sports person yeah hey hang on anyway whatever you you fell asleep with the radio on and now you're listening to sports it's cool that's fair um so middle of the day (laughs) on a wednesday don't judge them thursday i can't i don't know yeah you don't even know what day it is coma patient um saturday sunday (laughs) where are we what day is it (laughs) If if the fifties, um, but so Antonio Brown is an idiot. Is really the only way to summarize the right. whole story. Real dumb. So basically, the NFL was going to let him play, and the Patriots were willing to just ignore the civil suit. But then another person came forward with a different allegation, and Antonio Brown, against the advice of his lawyer. Uh, okay, the way to properly phrase this is the woman came to the NFL and said that a number that she believes she recognized as Antonio Brown's number from when they did business two years ago included her in a group messaging where the number she believes was Antonio Brown's talked about her, gave her name, and called her a broke girl, and said that she was out for money, and then encouraged the other numbers that were in the group chat to investigate her. Mm. So she just wanted the NFL to intercede. She's not doing a lawsuit. She's not pressing charges. She's not involved in anything. Mm -hmm. She reached out to the NFL and basically said, can you make him, can you make sure that between he and I there's a buffer? So the NFL and the Patriots told him that, uh, Hey, you're not. You can't reach out. You, there's, there can be no contact between you and them. Um, well, the NFL said that, and then the Patriots said, "By the way, you don't work here anymore." Um, and I really think basically what it boiled down to for them was the civil suit thing. They were probably going to let slide because it's a civil matter, no criminal charges, so it wouldn't apply to the player conduct policy. It wasn't going to cost them games. So really, all he had to do was just keep his head down. And if you just focus on football, I think the Patriots would have left him alone. Mm-hmm. Which is embarrassing and sad in its own right. It says a lot about how important winning is in football, and it says a lot about how important winning is to the Patriots and how, at this point, there's no... There's been lots of little moments that show you the character of the Patriots, and I don't know... Listen, it's sports and character doesn't truly matter in sports. It's just about winning. That is what they're doing. They're all playing a game. But there's been a lot of opportunities for them to be the good guys or the bad guys. 
and they wind up on the other side of a lot of things. And this was no different. Right. So as long as he was real good at catching a football and real good at scoring touchdowns. And wasn't going to miss games. And wasn't going to miss games. I think they were fine. Yeah. But then this last thing just opens. It just shows, A, that he's not focused just on football. Because this was during the week. It also meant that after the allegations broke about the other stuff, Antonio Brown wasn't smart enough to shut up and stay out of trouble. Right. So the Patriots then realized... He's just going to do this again. There's just going to be something else. So they said, you know what, just go ahead and go home. Now, apparently he hasn't gotten his $10 million from them. And he still hasn't gotten his $29 million from the Raiders. So then he went home and he tweeted about how the NFL is, is basically stole $40 million in quote-unquote guaranteed money from him. That's not what that is, but okay. <sighs> sort of a no, because the, the Raiders voided it with calls, but it was guaranteed in the contract. Essentially, if he'd, have, if he'd have played week one, if he'd have been listed on the active roster for week one, he would have gotten a $29 million check. Because of everything else that happened, he right. obviously didn't. What I think could have happened is the Players Association and the Raiders could have gotten in a fight about it. They could have filed a grievance and they could have dealt with it for a long time. There could have been a settlement. He might have gotten like a $6 million check down the road from them. Right. Instead, this other stuff happens, and so now he wants the Players Association union to to go after both the Patriots and the Raiders for his $40 million. I think they're going to make him pick one. I think they'll do it because he's a, he's a member of the union. So right. I do think they'll do it. Uh, that's what the union's for. But I think they'll make him pick one or the other. Right, and then be like, what do you want? Yeah, we, we can fight the Patriots or we can fight the Raiders, but we're not going to fight both. Um, and so I think he'll fight the Patriots, and I think he'll lose. Actually, depending on how it was worded, he did play a game for them. So if it was any kind of actual signing bonus, he earned it for this season. Because they cut him. Mm. So... He might be entitled to his $10 million. And frankly, if I was the Patriots, I'd give him the $10 million to just go away. Right. Here's $10 million. Bye-bye. I'll see you later. Um, I do think he'll be back, though. I think he'll play football again. You know, and against what most people have said so far in the sports world. Well, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, he's lost his mind, blah, blah, blah. And I do think he's lost his mind. I do think he's stupid. But I also think what will happen is next year someone will say, hey, Antonio Brown, we'll pay you $1.5 million to come play football. And I think what will happen is over the next eight months, I think his civil lawsuit situation, his financial situation, he'll have time to look around and look at his numbers and assess the numbers and what's going on in his life. And I think he'll feel like he's better off playing football than not playing football for at least a few more years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll sign like a one-year prove-it deal somewhere. Detroit, Arizona. Cleveland, I don't know, somewhere for like somewhere, one or somewhere in that one to five million dollar range. Can you imagine this Cleveland team with Antonio Brown. <laughs> also, um, we're gonna get to that in a second because I think it's a, I think I think it's a really interesting, I think it's a fascinating situation that's going on over there in Cleveland. Um, but yeah, I think he'll he'll be back. He'll be back. It won't be this year, I don't think, but he'll be back. I think everyone's gonna wait and see what happens with the civil stuff. I think if there's a large enough judgment, he'll come back. <laughs> like he'll come back hat in hand and be like, "Listen, I'm sorry, guys. I lost uh, my mind. I, I don't really didn't do well." <laughs> I think if, I think if it's anything over like five million dollars, I I think 
that he loses in the civil case, then I think he'll come back right away because I think that's a hard check for anyone to write. Right. Um, and I know he's made good money. He has made good money. He he's actually gonna, he's going to get the settlement from the players' union and then immediately have to pay it back. Yeah, like okay, this six million dollars solves my five million dollar problem. Right. Mm. Mm. I'm net one. No, because even he's got agents and people who also oh. are entitled to money. He'll net, like negatives. Yeah, after taxes. Right. He's probably he's, not he actually would probably owe money on getting the six million. Uh, <laughs> that's never good. It's a dumb thing to say out loud, but sometimes it does cost a lot of money to get money. Like if you win something on the Price Is Right, you have to pay the taxes when you pick the prize up, and you have to pick the prize up within like a week or something, because Price Is Right is like we're not a storage place, we're not holding the stuff. So, like, if you win a car, you've got to come up with, like, $1,500 or $2,000 to get the car. Yeah. That was the, that was, like, the big meme with, uh, like, Oprah when she was like, and you get a car. Like, people could complain because they had to pay yeah. thousands of dollars in A taxes. lot of people were upset. Oh, well, not a lot. I'm sure it was, like, one or two people. But it did come out that there were people who were upset because they found out, like, they got tax hits on it. But seriously, you got you you to pay a free car. You, yeah. Oprah gave you a car and you had to pay $2,000 in taxes like nine months later on your income tax. And you're right. upset. For a new car. Yeah. Some people pay that for like a 20-year-old Toyota Corolla. You you bite your tongue and you say thank you, Oprah. Right. I'll take that every time. Um, But, yeah, so there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NFL. Melvin Gordon of the Chargers. The Chargers haven't really. They've lost. They've been losing. They're not playing great. I think they're one and two. But their running game has looked great. And they're fantastic. So sometimes, so he he's the he was their star running back who was holding out for more money, and they haven't really missed him. So he announced he's going to be coming back earlier rather than later. Uh, Originally, he was going to come back after like around week ten because he has to log six weeks of active time in the NFL to to count as a season so that he can get his month so he can get out. Uh, but at this point, he's like, well, they don't really miss me. So I guess I'm in. Yeah. And for basically what's happening now for him is he he feels like he needs to go out there and play in order to establish that he's worth it. Yeah, he needs to show the value of having him. And so that is good advice. That is that is an agent and manager going, "Listen, we tried to get you your money, but it didn't work. You got to get in there now." Right. Cuz they're not like We tried holding out, but clearly that's not working, so they don't miss you. Right. So make them miss you by by make performing, them, yeah, show them that that you're the reason that they can win games. Yeah, and that might be what it takes. I mean, one and two is you know it's not great. Listen, it's only week three. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of room for improvement. This team could go. 13-0 right now. And yeah, <laughs> and, and one and three is an interesting thing because there's all these people who say like, if you get to zero and two, your odds of making the playoff are like it's like ten percent, and if you get to zero and three, it's like pff, you don't you don't make the playoffs. Um, even though it's a 16 game season, it's just statistically there's never like there's just I, I think I think Didn't it was we do that last year though. Us, we went zero and two, but then we won like ten in a row. We won like nine or ten in a row, and that is also incredibly unlikely. That's fair. We nice. were part of that ten percent there. Um, but yes, we did. We went zero and two, and essentially once you go zero and two, they're like you have like a ten percent chance though. We were we were the but that's like the that's Deshaun Watson style like the underdog the low odd come come back king. Well, so they're in San Diego, and for anyone who missed the game, they're down seventeen to seven at half, and and they've been playing like poop, and uh, they win they win on Deshaun Watson scoring getting two fourth uh, fourth quarter touchdowns, 
And it's like, yeah, that's just what he does. That's just comeback what he does. King. He's now that he is true comeback king now that Drew Brees is out. That's right true now. now that he's out. Yeah, uh, he's just one of those guys who the if there's enough time on the clock, he can win a game. There was a there was a quote one time about John El- John Elway where there was a guy it was a former teammate who was like I've never seen John Elway lose a game I've just seen him still be down when the clock expired hmm. and essentially what they were talking about was like his attitude and the way he was leading it felt like he was always like okay guys well we just got to score four more touchdowns and we're back in it so let's go get it done right <laughs> and there's something about Deshaun Watson it's the same way where he just he f- he looks very confident out there very comfortable and he goes out there and he performs you know when it's like if we don't get a touchdown on this drive we're in trouble okay well four plays they go down the field and they score a touchdown and you're like okay okay cool that's what we needed to do all right all right (laughs) we had a job we accomplished done right and and it's there are these spurts there where like the offense looks really stagnant and bad Mm -hmm. uh, which leads me to Cleveland so Cleveland played Monday night and they just not Monday night. I'm sorry, Sunday night, and it it wasn't. They just look like there are times when they're not doing a good job in the middle of the game, mm-hmm. executing their plays, and I think that's an energy thing. I think it's a focus thing, but I think that comes from leadership on the team. There needs to be a guy out there every drive who's going, "Come on, guys, let's stay pumped, let's stay pumped, let's go yeah. get it." And and there's just. They just don't have that guy yet. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield might be that guy, but he's but he's not, not r- yet. Yeah, not right now. Not yet. Um. And also, they they ran some weird plays. They ran a draw on fourth and nine, which doesn't make any sense. Perfect sense. Watching the game when he did it, I I, I was in Missouri. I'm in a hotel room. And he, they, they hike it, and it's fourth and nine, and I'm like, uh, it was interesting that they were going for it because there was like, I think three minutes left in the third quarter, and they were down, but it wasn't time yet to go for it on fourth down. And it's like, hmm, that's kind of interesting that they're doing that. And it's like they must be just trying to get the guy offside. They'll take the penalty, and then they'll punt it, because surely they're not going to waste a timeout. So then he gets like three seconds left, but instead of everybody just kind of be like, oh, well, whatever. They hike it. And then he drops back to throw, and I'm like, okay, well, fourth and nine, obviously you have to throw it. And then he hands it to the running back. And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> and it was just this weird thing where you're just kind of questioning it. Um, so you and I did some picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I guess I guess I'll give you full credit. Oh, yeah. Um, it didn't go well. Didn't go well. Thirty-one to fifteen, the Bears won. Uh, I, I want to importantly note this out: Mitch Trubisky, while he did throw three touchdowns, they were all to the same receiver, and they were all like less than 15, 20 yards because the defense was embarrassing Washington. Case Keenum had, I think, four turnovers in the game. Yeah, because the Bears. Four. Yeah, because the Bears' defense is awesome. Well, defense wins games. The Bears' defense is good. I, I, I don't want to go down the road where I say they're not good. They are good. Also, Washington just flat out. They just did bad. Th- awful, Nico. Awful. 
I, I caught the whole second half of that game and Washington just to do anything. No, nothing, nothing. Also, ESPN was essentially saying on the air that Jay Gruden should be fired and that Case Keenum should be benched and Dwayne Haskins should be starting. And, like, I've never seen a team, a, a television station covering a game be so adamant that someone needs to be fired on the spot. They're like, week three and Redskins are going to be 0-3 and, and there is no business. How much longer can Jay Gruden keep his job? And it's like, well, it's week three. Also, also your 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 Case Keenan, which is the worst. <sighs> and I, honestly, I had forgotten Case Keenan was the quarterback of the Redskins when you and I made those picks. If the little voice message had had been like, "Hey, uh, Case Keenum is the quarterback for the Redskins," I would have picked the Bears on principle. Right. Um, he also looked awful, just terrible, oh, just the worst. He really did. Um. But they were talking about the Redskins, and the Redskins are a mess. They've been spending money every offseason signing free agents, and they still look awful. They got guys like Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's making like four or five million dollars this year. And for one thing, they took him out of some running plays, and he like was standing behind Jay Gruden and just staring lasers into the back of his head, like, what am I doing on the sideline on this running play? Uh, also, there was a fourth and two, and they went for it, and they put Adrian Peterson in. And he fell down as he crossed the line of scrimmage. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> like, like when he did it, I was like, "Well, that that's why you're on the sideline on those other plays." Like, what you think was gonna happen? Oh man! They went for it on fourth and two, and literally just <laughs> just fell over. Just fell over. As he's coming up on the line, he literally like. First of all, he's running like he's running at the collapse side of the Washington Redskins line. Like there's two Bears defenders standing there ready for him, and then like he goes to like a stutter step, and when he goes to launch out of it, just face first into the ground. <laughs> stutter, stutter, face first into the ground. <laughs> and I was I like, I want to be on this play. <laughs> put me in, coach. And then when they finally put him in, he's like, uh, nope, nope. <laughs> There he goes. That's it. There he goes. It was fourth and it was fourth and one, and next thing you know, they're like uh, Adrian Peterson on the ground. <laughs> it was it was so great because of how ridiculous he had been on the sidelines, staring holes into Jay Gruden for like two plays, and like the commentators even mentioned they're like he doesn't look too happy to be on the sidelines there. Booger McFarland's like, yeah, what's the deal with that? And then um, they put him in a little bit, and then he's like, (laughs) 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 but that's like the whole, like, that's their theme song right now. (laughs) Then on ESPN the next day, they're arguing about whether they need, so they drafted Dwayne Haskins like 15th overall. Yeah. According to all of them, he's not ready. (laughs) Because people are like, "Well, well, why don't they just go ahead and put in Dwayne Haskins? Like, like, the Giants moved on from Eli Manning. That was a harder decision. Uh, Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah, Eli Manning has a Super Bowl ring. Two. He's got two Super Bowl He's rings. He's beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. Um, meanwhile, it's Case Keenum. <laughs> and Case Keenum's, Case Keenum's backup is Colt McCoy. <laughs> and then Steven's the, the worst. And then they're like... They're I don't like, know why you decided that I, they had a chance. Because, because Chicago's offense for the first two games was terrible. Right, but they're not as bad as Case Keenum. No, they're just... They're not. They're not. Like, if they had even gone to Colt McCoy in the second half, I'd have been like, eh, maybe. <laughs> nope, they didn't even... Is there a quarterback, Colt McCoy? Well, maybe we could have won that game. They, they didn't even change... Like, they didn't even change quarterbacks at half when, like... In Case Keenum, the thing about him especially 
is once he starts having a bad game, he's not the kind of guy who turns it around. Right. He's not a he's not a big guy in the momentum shift game. No, he can't. He's a very much oh no. Yeah. Quicksand. As it once it starts going bad, it stays bad. It's real bad. And I know this from watching many a Texans game where like, yeah, there were some games where he looked okay, like he finished you know, 10 of 18, and he had, you know, 190 yards and a touchdown, and people were like, Case Keenum's the man. Then there were lots of games where he was like 6 for 20 for with with maybe a touchdown but three interceptions and a fumble, and I was like, yeah, did anyone else see the game today? And yeah, I love Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of – and they would all be like, well, our offense stinks and this and that. And Wasn't he from Houston? Yeah, that's why. He was U of H, and everyone was like – Because he was the best in U of H. Well, U of H – like peaked like that was when they yeah they like broke in to like college top five stuff with Case Keenum at quarterback so then when he goes pro and it, I believe he goes undrafted and we sign him to the practice team he spends a year on our practice team and everyone's like Case Keenum's on the Texans yeah and then like wait the practice team does that mean he doesn't play and that's exactly what that means and then like well he's got to play and then the next year he makes it to the roster then the then we go through so many injuries that he has to start. And then he proceeds to go 0-14 over two years. Nice. And people were still... Case Keenum, yeah. Case Keenum! Get Case Keenum out there. Let's show the world. That just goes to show you even the more... Another reason why college sports is the worst. Well, college... Well, not just college sports. What it really shows, what, it, what it's important to do is... What's important to remember is that fan is the root of the word fanatic. And sports this fans is accurate. Sports fans, they don't, they don't see the truth. They don't. So there's an eye test. We've we've mentioned the eye test before. Sometimes you just see something and you go, you know what? That that doesn't look like it's. I don't think that's how that works. But either is or it isn't. But for for a lot of people, they they can ignore the eye test. Like Mitchell Trubisky is probably not an NFL starting quarterback. But he'll probably be the quarterback for the Bears for two more years. Probably. Because because he was a first-round draft pick, because they've got stuff invested in him in time, and I think they even traded picks to get him in the draft. Like, they moved back up to into the first round to get him. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to stay invested to him. So, there are these guys that even though you've never once seen something that makes you think that they're a pro, you're going to always they're going to stay they're going to stay in the league and they're going to stay in the league because other people don't see the eye test right they're fanatics and they're like no he's good case Keenum is the best quarterback i've ever seen yeah he's definitely good he's on his fifth team he's on his fifth team with like an overall winning record of probably like 7 and 75 i think he won 9 games with minnesota wow what an immaculate year he won and I, and i think he won f- I think in he I think in five. Denver I think in Denver he won four, <laughs> like right. So you're talking about thirteen just, wins in two years, right? We're talking about thirteen wins, which is still less than the comp- all the losses in just yes. Houston. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he took just his wins in the other two places, he would still be thirteen and fourteen. Right. Yeah. He'd still have a negative win. <laughs> He'll still have a losing <laughs> record over four years. Yes, 100%. On three teams. On three teams at that point. Only taking the losses from one of them. Yeah. And, like, it just... Like, you just... All the math is, like, is bad. bad. But then they're like, Keith Keenum. Keith Keenum, yeah. So, uh, we're going to jump out of here to a break when we come back. I've got a question 
for Nico. Oh. Yeah. It's time for Nico to play What Would You Do? The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. Hanging out on 104.5, 106.1, and streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, hanging out on Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Sports, Nerd Thug Radio, the mothership. The to true get, beginnings. To get to hang out with us and see what we got going on. And then, um, yeah, from there we'll we'll tag all of our buddies like uh, Cox ATA. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to tell oh, them about okay. Cox ATA there. Uh, Cox ATA, leader in ATA martial <laughs> arts. Uh, they got three convenient locations now. Count them three. They got one in the Woodlands, what? one in Magnolia. What? And one in Conroe. That's three. That checks out. Um, all kinds of world champions there. All kinds of great people. Fantastic atmosphere. Wonderful people. Uh, they all kinds of courses that are available. Self-defense, Taekwondo, Tai Chi. All different age groups. Different kinds of people. Senior citizens. The young ones. Uh, they have the I Can Kids for the ones with special needs. It's just fantastic so, uh, programs that they run there. Because um, at Cox ATA, they build leaders. They teach life skills. They leave. A legacy. Yeah, make sure to follow them. We tag them on a lot of Facebook stuff. They just had a cool ATA video that they released about karate. I shared it. Little kids, like, kicking butt on there. Right, yeah. Uh, but, it's yeah. Really, it's, a, it's a great stuff. I mean, martial arts is a good way to teach discipline get to kind of get it is your kids are coming home with a lot of extra energy you might want to get them into the karate but also uh just the cox just in general they're good people yeah it's like a big family yeah we like them we hang out with them they hey hey I. um most importantly um yeah go hang out with the cox ata do do some do some ninja stuff there um all right nico a name a name uh popped back up in the media a name that i think we all thought we were done with LeVar Ball. Who? LeVar Ball. Father of the Ball Brothers. Do you not remember him? You're the only person in America who's managed to forget LeVar Ball. I forgot who LeVar Okay. So, he was basically the guy who... He has three kids, and he said he, he was raising... He said he was training and raising three NBA athletes. Okay? Um, And so, his first son... Got drafted by the Lakers. He's the one who's the point guard for the who was the point guard for the Lakers. He got traded for the Anthony Davis trade, so now he's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, Leangelo Ball is, uh, I think he was a second round draft pick. I'm actually not sure if he's in the league right now, if he's playing D league or if he's playing overseas. I don't I don't know. But the youngest son, he he took the the middle son was at UCLA and he got in trouble. 
on a trip to China. He stole something when they went to go play basketball in China. Remember, President Trump had to intervene. Yeah. And, and when he got home, UCLA banned him for a year, and the NCAA banned him for a year. And Ball took his kids, and he said, well, you know what? We don't really need the NCAA. And so what he did instead was he uh, he took them to Lithuania, remember, and entered them in the professional league. Right, right. So these are the, the two brothers went, and they were playing professional. Two brothers. So LaMelo at the time was 16 years old. Baby. But just just a baby. Um, some some context. I was I was seventeen when we started the show. Right, and he was playing. He was playing. So his so yeah. So Lonzo Ball was drafted number two overall by the Lakers, and then his other brother. I I I, I gotta. Say, I think he's. It's driving me crazy. I'll look it up in the break to figure out where his other brother is. Uh, but so the Ball brothers. Are all professional level athletes? Well, right now, um, right now, Lamelo Ball is playing in Australia mm-hmm. in the NBL, which is an NBA affiliate developmental league, and he's killing it. Right. They're actually saying that he is tracking. This would be his first year of eligibility for the NBA draft, and they're saying that he is tracking right now to be a top three pick, and that if if he sees much more growth in the Australian NBL, he's probably a number one pick. So there's two conversations to have. The first is their dad basically, first of all, he's a glory hound. He goes on TV and he says crazy stuff and he's, he's insane and dismissive and rude and he just talks crazy. He says he could have guarded Michael Jordan. He says the reason Michael Jordan was great is because he hadn't guarded him. Um, he's also saying strong, 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 come strong. Granny has no professional experience whatsoever, but strong. Um, he did, however, raise three professional caliber athletes. Yep. So that in and of itself, here's the problem. Sometimes when certain people get a little bit of credibility, they go way too far with it. Well, but it gives them the ability to go further. Right. Because... If the first two things I say are true. You're more inclined to believe the third thing I say. Not only that, you're going to give them an opportunity. Right. To say a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. This guy has three sons potentially in the NBA. Right. So you're not. You're not. can't dismiss them. Right. You can't say, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can. Because you'd be like, well, those are your sons. It's not you. Right. But he takes a lot of credit for it. Now, granted, there's been stuff that's gone wrong. The big baller brand, uh, his business partner, stole, like, like apparently it was like $80,000, like, bankrupted the brand. Good for them. Um, also, the middle son was, like, sponsored by the brand. And basically, um, he was replacing the shoes every quarter because they were falling apart. <laughs> um, eventually, he had to use his mom as an intermediary to tell his dad that he wasn't going to wear the shoes anymore. Because uh, they kept falling apart. Right. And so then all of a sudden it became just wear a different brand every night so that it doesn't look like you're sponsored by anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, cool, fine. So that's what he did. Instead, 
and finish the season that way, wearing different shoes every night rather than wear his own family brand shoe. That's really funny. Um, yeah. So the first issue is he's just a blowhard, right? And but like he wouldn't apologize, and he was like, "Well, he's not really out anything." But they were like, "Yeah, he's out a lot of money. Uh, he could have a real shoe deal, and instead he's got to work with you, <laughs> kind of thing." Right. But it also goes to this other question. In this modern era, where you and I have kind of mutually agreed that college sports aren't worth what they used to be, also the idea that because college sports aren't what they what they used to be, the idea that there's all this corruption that people, you know, are getting paid to play. It's coming out all the time. Kansas just got in trouble. We can talk about that a little bit later. Kansas just got in trouble. The FBI got involved this time. Um, there's, there's, you know, casually. Yeah. The FBI had to get involved with a college sports program because the NCAA won't, do, won't do anything about it. But beyond that, I don't need, we need to, we know like I have like a special like NCAA episode where we talk about just how trash it is. Just, and just like point out all the different things. Right. It's, it's a, it's a joke. Um, and it's a massive hypocrisy. But beyond that, the thing that's even dumber about all of it is this. W- <laughs> so the one and done rule. Basically, Bobby Knight pointed this out, and Bobby Knight's no like, like hero of good decision making. He's made a lot of mistakes in his life, but he pointed out that a one and done player could drop out of the, could not go to class the second semester because by the time the academic reporting happens is after March Madness, it's after the tournament. So he would be suspended from what? Because the basketball season would be over. Right, it's so short in college. So he literally would be done. He wouldn't have anything else. There'd be no punishment for him only going to college for one semester. So literally there's no incentive for him to stay in school. They're not doing it for the education, the one and dones. So it becomes this. Here's my question, Nico. All right. You are a top 15 high school player. In the country? In the country. All right. It's pretty good. Uh, Congratulations. There's a lot of high school players. There are. Finally made it. You're invited to like the All American McDonald's tournaments and all that stuff. You are. I'm cool. You are nationally known as as a basketball player of merit. Cool. I've always wanted to be that. You, if you go play somewhere, you will be someone whose name gets mentioned on ESPN and all that for this season. Right. Okay. Because I'm good at basketball. You are. You are someone that everyone is targeting as a one and done. Do you go to the NCAA, or do you choose? To go play professional ball somewhere for a year, you'd be overseas. There'd be no option for you in the states, but you would you would in another country. There are teams who will sign you to a one year deal. Zion Williamson could have played anywhere in the world last year for one year. I mean, me as a, as much as I know about the NCAA and how garbage it is, I would I would play overseas. Why would you play overseas? Um. Kind of two reasons. So one is the NCAA is just terrible and corrupt, and like I get in trouble for anything and then lose my potential basketball career. But also, and then you would have scandal following you that would be silly, right? Because exactly. people. So here's the thing that's not fair to the players: is if you are an NCAA regulated player and you're playing, if you do sell a jersey or sign an autograph, the sports people will get mad at you. For right. endangering the university. Oh, Ohio State had to get penalized because, you know, they get mad at Chris Weber for taking money. Chris Chris Weber was banned from Michigan for years. And it's like, well, how much money did Michigan make off of the Fab Five? 
a ton. A ton. And they marketed it and sold shirts and all that. And, and Chris Webber was a kid. Right. And so also, the second reason would be professional like environment. So you, you, you would you would start becoming accumulated to the schedule, to how things work, right. how you're treated. Because college is the easiest schedule in the universe. Yeah, they only play about 30 games before the tournament. Well, they, they play about 30 games and then the tournament, and then that's it. But you also don't have to get accustomed to, like... Back-to-backs, yeah, travel. Back-to-back travel, payroll, your teammates. That's fair. It's a different environment. Right. You are 100% correct about that. If you're on a pro team... You and also, but here's different the other things thing. are expected of you. Different things are expected, but also the other part of it is, is everyone's taking it seriously. Right. This isn't just college basketball. This is a. This is a. This is real basketball. Right. And so there's going to be like you'll have a team from the team devoted to your body. You'll have a trainer who's taking care of you. They'll put you on regimens. They'll schedule you like they're going to take care of you like a like a performance horse. They're gonna they're gonna manage everything for you, and they're gonna show you how a pro is supposed to act. And they'll pay you. And for they'll the pay you for your time and your services. And you'll be able to make money off of your likeness and your skills. So you would go, you're saying you would, you would go, oh, I would go overseas in a heartbeat. Would it matter where you went? Not really, unless it was like a really, I don't know. Actually, no, it wouldn't really matter. It like, would matter to you? Right. Like, let's say it's Albania. Right. You're fine with that? Yeah, sure. I'll play basketball in Albania. For one year? Right. Yeah, because to me, I guess really the bigger question is, first of all, I say this first. I'm 36 now, and I think when I first got, when I first finished high school, I was in college, but I really was, I wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I got to a point with that where I actually had opportunities with some contracts and with some small comic book publishers. And it didn't work out, and I took that as a sign to move on to other things, and I've since circled back. The question first that I ask myself now is like, what if I had just stuck with it? Right. Like, what if I had stayed with it? Where would I be now? 20 years later. Right. Instead of having to start over. Right. And really, you know, I, there's so much more I know now and I'm so much more focused on it. And I do. And, I'm, and I feel like I'm doing so much better on it this time around. But even making mistakes as I go, how much further would I be at this point? Right. How much of the journey would be different? Exactly. Um. So I think that's part of it, too. Like, if you just... If you're hyper-focused on something, if all you're going to do is play basketball for the next 15 years. Right. If I want to play basketball for the next 15 years, I'm going to start playing basketball As soon as you as can. As soon as I can. It's like... Uh, I'm so not going to play fake college basketball. Right. Uh, and it doesn't really prepare you in any of the They're real significant ways. Not real three-point lines. It doesn't teach you how to deal with the money and the hanger-ons and the people and how to deal with the team in the same sense because these guys are still going to manage you like a student athlete. Right. You're supposed you're, to go to a class. Right, yeah. Plus you still have homework and classes and things you can't fail, that you, things you can fail. Like and things you're focused on that aren't your job. Right. And and in the real world, what people do is, is they focus on their job and their personal life, and that's it. Right. They don't focus on a third thing, and that's where college is rather misleading, I think, for the student-athlete. Right. Because uh, they're so good starting out, and, like, do you have to go to college? Well, for those guys, no, but let's 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 do it this way, because this is a weird... In a weird way, we're, we're kind of giving bad advice, right? Like, oh, don't worry about education. But let's do this. If you're good enough at basketball, but it just doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. You wash out of the league over three years, and you're you're at home... And you're right. broke, and it didn't happen. 
okay. You could go to community college at 22. Right. And you could start college there. And right. yeah, yes, you miss out on the opportunity for scholarship. Okay, fine. Fine. You but that's not even accurate because you can still get scholarships for after academics. That. Right. You're right. And there's opportunities then to just start small or even if, okay, fine, take student loans. Like, College will always be there if you if you if the education right. is what you're you can, going for. You can later. always you can always circle back to school. What you can't circle back on a, an opportunity like professional basketball Correct. because that time is so fleeting. Yeah, and there's plenty of people. I read an article about a guy who was like the greatest. It was like one of those greatest guys who never made it kind of stories, mm-hmm. and how he had this huge moment for a school, and an NBA scout saw it, and he got drafted, but. He was like the fourth guard on the team, so he winds up in the D League, and in the D League, he got frustrated and did some stupid stuff because he was nineteen, right? And thought he was going to be a professional forever. And so then that was it. There goes all of his chances, and he never gets to come back into the NBA. Uh, he winds up at like thirty four, getting called up from the D League to play for the Lakers for one game. Woo! Right, and like uh, he, I think he played two and a half seconds. They called him in right before half because the guy got injured. And then when they came out of the locker room for halftime, he thought he was going to play for the injured player, but they had already changed the rotations. Right. And so someone else was going to get those minutes. <laughs> and so he literally he played two and a half seconds, and he had signed like like three different contracts in the NBA like in different times and spots. Mm-hmm. And it was just a guy who never played. Um, and that happens. But at least he got that chance to pursue it. Right. And so then the, the situation becomes... Like, if, you'd, if he'd have done it any other way. Like, let's say he spent that year in college instead. If he'd have washed out at college... He would have never made it. Th- there'd been no D-leagues. There'd have been no other opportunities. There'd been no other place. The The franchises felt obligated to do something for him in the beginning because there was still potential there. And because they'd already invested time and money in him, which a college didn't do. A college can wash their hands after they gave him the scholarship for the three months he went. And then they could just move on. Right. So, I guess final answer, what would you do? Go overseas, play basketball professionally. Okay. I can't argue that. I think it's... It, just, it doesn't... It seems archaic at this point. To go to college? Right. If you're in that position? Right. It kind of does. Like, just on the Nike deal alone. Like, okay, let's say Nike wants to give me 10 grand out of high school to play in Turkey. And the Turkey team gives me 80 grand to play for one year. Why wouldn't I take almost $100,000 in cash to play basketball? Right. I'm getting hundred k to play basketball as it, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old. Yeah. Instead of wasting... To go, to go what? Be the, the starter at, 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 at Baylor? Right. Which already has its own baggage and its own issues and its own problems. Right. So, yeah. An organization I, that doesn't respect me. Like, it just feels bad. It's not a good deal for the player anymore. And right. if, if no, this works if this works for the youngest ball son, I think you're going to see more people do it. If LaMelo makes it into the league as a top 3 pick, I think he becomes the poster boy for the alternate route. Right. Of if you're good enough, just play overseas. And honestly, he's probably way more prepared than any of the people that played in college. Absolutely. Because over the last 3 years, what's he been? A professional basketball player. Right. I do think that. All right, we're going to jump out to a break here. When we come back, we got one more segment of Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. 
They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports, hanging out on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we're streaming worldwide at IrelandStar.com. And make sure to check out NerdThugRadio.com and Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio. Um, before we get too far into anything, let me tell you guys about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Uh, Batman Day was last week. Oh, so cool. We hung out. We saw the Batmobile. We met Batman. Mm-hmm. Saw Harley Quinn. We saw all kinds of people. Uh, there were a lot of people. There was a, a great Joker that was there. Yeah. Uh, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. Um, so next time we do an event there, you need to come hang out because uh, they make it a real good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's a ton of people. Yeah, there were a ton of people. There was a lot of snacks. people there. There were snacks. The cupcakes were delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's what you need to know. This week, Panini is kicking off the NFL Player of the Day, Thursday through Sunday. And it's going to be every week for eight weeks straight, Thursday through Sunday. All right? So you go into Adventure Begins, and you buy a pack of Panini football cards, and you open it in-store. And if your pack has a particular player for that day, uh, there's going to be a corresponding player for each day. And if, you, if one of your cards is that, you win a promo pack. So, like, if the player of the day is Tom Brady and you open your Panini pack and there's a Tom Brady card in there, you win another pa- a promo pack of cards. Mm-hmm. Also, every two weeks, they're going to have a drawing for all the daily winners. So, everyone who won the player of the day thing, they go in a bucket. They have a drawing every two weeks. They're going to have four winners. Those four winners have each won a prize at that point, and then they're going to be entered in a grand prize drawing. And... The grand prize winner receives an autographed Lamar Miller card, and then also will be entered in a nationwide drawing to spend a day with an NFL player. Mm-hmm. This is going on for eight weeks. Yeah, you, All, have a, you have a lot of time. A lot of time to go in there and get it. To kick off the event this week, Thursday through Sunday, they're giving out a promo pack to everyone who, who participates, even if they don't get a player of the day. So you're getting. So if you buy a pack of Panini football cards, you're guaranteed you get a promo. It, you you're get a promo pack. Also, Sunday, uh, Saturday uh, is the Throne of Eldrin pre-release sealed standard tournament Woohoo! for Magic the Gathering. They're also going to have booster boxes for sale, and don't miss the buy a box promo. It's your first chance to get your hands on the highly anticipated new collector boosters. Ooh, those are those are those are pretty spicy, I hear. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Sunday is D and D Adventurers League. Um, it's the semi monthly Adventurers League. It's five dollars to play, and if you make a purchase in store of at least five dollars, it's free to play. Cool. Also, we're going to be there Friday doing our HeroClix uh, main event. Sizzle, sizzle, cookie, cookie, bacon. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's going to be a winner. They're going to win a brick. And then on top of that, Sunday, we're having our big HeroClix event, major tournament. Get out there, hang out. Uh, winner wins $75 in store credit. Sweet. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a lot. 
Um, okay. So, last week on College Game Day, uh, people have done this before, where they put up, like, um, the internet address of their Bitcoin wallet, and then people put money in it for them, because it's funny that they did it. Mm-hmm. So, this guy held up a sign last week at the University of Iowa game, uh, and the sign said... Uh, I saw the quote here, and I uh, can't find it. Bush light supply needs replenished, and he put his Venmo username. In a span of a week, that account has raised over a million dollars. Easy. 1.14 million. Well, what happened, it, it got to 100,000 like by the next day. Yeah. Um, And he announced... That he was going to keep enough to buy a couple cases of beer, but he was going to donate the rest to... Iowa has this, does this thing where they have a children's hospital uh, un, uh, over the stadium. Mm-hmm. And in the third quarter, the entire stadium turns around and waves to the kids whose rooms are facing the stadium. That's cool. It is. And it's a, it's a cancer hospital, so these are like sick kids. These are like kids dealing with some stuff. And they get this attention. And when the kids get better... They 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 come down to the field and uh, one of them recently got to celebrate being cancer free on the field with the team. That's so cool. So it's like a big deal. Iowa really has embraced the children's hospital there. And so he, when he announced he was going to donate pretty much all the money to the Iowa Children's Hospital, Anheuser Busch got involved and Venmo got involved and they both were like, "We'll match the donations." So very quickly, uh, it got up to one point one four million dollars. Well, quite a bit. It is quite a bit. Unfortunately, as people were looking into him, when he was 16, he made two racist tweets. So, some people have gotten mad at him. Anheuser-Busch, who was matched, they've announced, we are going to continue our match donation that we promised. Mm -hmm. However, after this, we are no longer associating with Carson King, the name of the kid. Aww. How do you feel? I as he was sixteen. Sixteen. Right. You I, say some pretty messed up stuff at sixteen. There are gonna be people who are are going to say no matter how old he is, this is the sort of stuff we're done tolerating. And I don't disagree with the idea that we need to treat poor behavior. Firmly. Right. I do feel like this guy... First of all, the spotlight's on this guy for a great reason. Right, yeah. This isn't him... It was... It was this a, isn't him releasing his debut album and a hit song and he's getting rich and then he find, and then we find out that he's a bad person. Right. This is he's supporting a children's hospital and, and then... And only keeping was, like 40 or 60 bucks allegedly. Right, and then... And then something comes out about eight years ago. Right. When he was 16... He said some racist things on Twitter, and it was like two tweets. It is. It's only like two tweets, and it turns out he says he says, uh, "I've they've been brought to my attention, and I reread them." He said, "I don't rec- I don't recall typing. I'm not saying it wasn't me, he, but that he the I'm paraphrasing, but he's essentially saying uh, he, that he thinks he was quoting Daniel Tosh from Tosh Point which would be a totally reasonable thing to do at 16. Yeah, on absolutely. Twitter, absolutely. Um. In the future space year of 2011. 
So the th- yeah, yeah, it's so weird to think, right? So listen, I do think uh, I'm okay with holding people accountable for what they do, right? But I think we need I to think view. You also, you also have to take into context the age of the person. The, I think I think you take all of it into context, right? You so can't you can't be like you said this and then be like like he said it yesterday to his friends. It's like exactly. no, he said this eight years ago when he was sixteen, and he's currently raising money for a children's hospital, right? Like he's. Far away from where he was. Yes, if he was a bad person, then I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to say he's a bad person now. Exactly. Here's a guy who's about who's got a million dollars in an account that he controls, and he's about to give it to a children's hospital, and then we're going to get onto him about something he did eight years ago. It feels like the wrong message, right? But I know there are people who have dealt with those issues personally and, and and don't want to forgive him or can't forgive him or feel like we need to talk about this more. And I'm not, and I don't argue that or take the position against it. I just think this is, you got to pick your battle. Yes. And I, and I, and I think I would pick a different battle. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick this one. Right. So like I had a conversation with somebody and it was about the Dave Chappelle stuff and they said, well, even his old stuff was bad. And I said, yeah, I don't like to relitigate old things under new morals. I think right. everything has a context. And they were like, right. 2011 was a very different year from 2019. Right. And, and like their reply was that was like, listen, you can like whatever you like, but like, I think we have to judge things how we want to judge things. Like, That's fine. Then the very next day, there was an article that came out that said uh, Friends is a really messed up show. And it's like, listen, it was 1998. Like, yeah, 20 years later, it doesn't view under the same prison, but neither does I Love Lucy. Neither does the Honeymooners. Like nothing. Over time, things look different. And so. You can make the comment that, man, this show wouldn't work now. But you don't then go back, I, I feel, you don't then go back and go, you don't relitigate all of it. Right. You don't like, I was actually pretty messed up. It's like, you, no, because you were fine with it 19 years ago. Yeah. And then someone's like, oh, we weren't fine with it. Okay. Well, for the most part, we as a society were fine with it. Maybe that was wrong, but right. we were fine with this it. Was, this was the best rated show ever. Everyone in the universe will tell you it's the best. Yeah. It, it was a television event. Like that final season was a, was quote unquote a television event, and and then like this article's like it's super white. It's like yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it was. It's also 1998. Yeah, it just wasn't the same. Like we weren't having those conversations yet, and and not right. saying good or bad or right or wrong. It was over 20 years ago. Right. We are having those conversations now, and if right. you want to say the next show could be Friends but better with these other things, fine. But we can't have that conversation. We can't change friends because it's already happened. Right. And so, like, this thing from this guy from eight years ago. You either support it or you don't. Yeah. Like, are you going to give money to this beer guy to get donations to the children's? Yeah. If you don't want to, that's fine. Don't. But maybe donate directly to the hospital and then say, you know. I don't need, I don't need you to make a donation. Right. Exactly. And that's fine. But but I think poo-pooing him for for something that happened eight years ago while he's trying to make something good now. It's not a good look. Yeah, because I don't think he gains much out of this. Right. This kind of only hurts him at this point. Right. Uh, all that being said, we're going to jump out here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend. We'll be back tomorrow with Nerd Thug Radio for Little Brother Nico and myself. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Yeah.